Joseph Stanley here with Root at 2-7, a podcast ministry of Red House Baptist Church. And uh, we have Shama Loradon behind the camera, and he does our editing and videoing, and he's also our music minister here at the church. And uh, we're thankful for you listening uh, today. Uh, if it's the first time you've ever listened before, uh, if you've never listened to us in the past, I remind you of what our goal here is, and it is to focus on Colossians 2-7, which speaks of us becoming rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ so that we can build our lives lives upon him and we can flourish as Christians and uh, if you watched in the past you you know that happens a variety of ways uh, it, we, we want to be theologically sound and look to God's word and see what it says and uh, then we look at ways we can apply it to our lives and uh, I've also made it a goal here to learn about people and learn their testimonies and how they came to faith in Jesus Christ and uh, if you're listening today you're going to find out it's going to change this testimony we're going to hear today is going to challenge you you in your faith, and it's going to challenge you to grow as a Christian and to take your uh, faith more seriousness as serious as uh, we learn from our special guest today. And I want to introduce to you uh, our special guest, uh, Arpana. Yes. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Okay, good. And uh, she is a student here at EKU, and uh, she's originally from Nepal. And uh, if you can introduce yourself and uh, tell us your first and last name and, and a little bit about yourself. Um, as Joseph already said, my name is Arpana Banjara, and I'm a student here at EKU. Um, I'm from Nepal, and I'll tell you more about la uh, Nepal later. Um, I've been here for about two and a half years, and I'm a, a nursing student at EKU. Okay, so you've uh, been you've been here two and a half years, and you never had been to the U.S. prior to that. No. Okay, and uh, what are you studying in college? Um, so. Um, First, actually, I came in as a psychology major, but later I switched to nursing, so I'm a nursing student right now. I graduated in about a year and a half, and um, yeah, I plan to be a nurse. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, so you said you're from Nepal originally, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know much about Nepal. So if you could tell us a little bit about it for those listening. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're from Richmond, they probably don't know a lot about it either. Yeah. So if you could tell us a little about the country and the culture you grew up in. Uh, so Nepal is a very small country in between India and China. And um, it would be a little bit bigger than Kentucky. I think it is a little bit bigger than Kentucky is. Um, it has eight of the world's 10 highest mountains, including Mount Everest, okay. which is the highest mountain in the world. Um, it is a very beautiful country uh, with... It is ethnically, culturally rich as well. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you grew up in Nepal all of your life. Uh, what is the dominant religion there? What religion did you grow up uh, under? So Nepal has, um, the, the highest population in Nepal is um, of the Hindus, which is 81%. 9% are Buddhist, and um, there are some Muslims, and there are some very, very few Christians in Nepal. Um, I was a Hindu, and I grew up in a Brahmin family. So for people who are uh, not familiar with South Asia or any of the cultural mm -hmm. aspect of it, uh, India and Nepal... Um, Hinduism is uh, very popular, and in Hinduism, there is this social classification of people, and it's based on where, uh, which, um, where they, how they are born. So if they're born into a family system, um, they, they are assigned a caste system. Um, centuries ago, it was um, assigned because they wanted to give people specific occupations. Mm -hmm. um, Brahmins... Um, are the ones um, I come from a Brahmin family, so Brahmins are the ones who were worshiping in the temples. So they were a separate class. Um, there were people who would make shoes, and they were a different caste system. 
uh, people from higher caste system would not marry people from the lower caste system. Um, so for me, um, growing up, like adhering to the caste system and following those rules meant a lot uh, because we had a pride of being from a higher caste system. Okay. Um, but now that I'm Christian, it, is, it looks totally different to me. Uh, you said in your caste system, in the, the caste you were in, mm -hmm. uh, that you were the ones that would be worshiping in the temple. Mm -hmm. So that means your family was particularly religious, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. In that sense? Yeah, absolutely. My mom used to fast every Tuesday. Um, I was a worshiper of Shiva, which is one of the Hindu gods. And, um, and people might know in Hinduism, they have uh, millions of gods. Mm -hmm. They even say like they have 330 million gods. Um, the way Hinduism works is like everything could be a god. Okay. Um, everything is divine and you would be divine. I would be divine. Like I worship my brother once a year. So there's a different festival for that. Um, so while being a devotee of Shiva, I used to go to temples, um, like every Saturday. Um, I moved to a capital city, uh, the capital city of Nepal later in life. And um, I used to go to that temple like on a regular basis. And it is one of the most religious sites for Hindus. Uh, it's called Pashupati Temple. And um, in Hinduism, there's this cremation ceremony where people are burned. Mm -hmm. And I used to watch those things like um, almost every week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what is what does a worship ceremony look like? Um, it looks different for different gods and goddesses. Okay. So a specific god will take coconut, but the other god will not take a coconut as the offering. Now, um, there is a goddess, um, it's called Durga. Her name is Durga. And uh, she takes, like, um, sacrifices of animals. So every year, my family would sacrifice animals um, in those temples. And um, it depends on which god you're worshipping. Um, it will in involve uh, some powder, crimson powders, and putting on, like, you might have seen people with, like, foreheads. Um, tika, they call it, like... Um, it's part of getting a blessing from mm -hmm. another person. So that's part of being a Hindu. Did you have any exposure to Christianity while in Nepal? Or when would you first expose to anything involving Christian faith or Bible? Now, so for me, I think it's very interesting. Uh, even though I was a Hindu and I was a Brahmin, I went to Catholic school growing up. Okay. So my parents sent me to Catholic school because they had great education and, um, I did know that Jesus was born of a virgin, mm -hmm. but then we used to go to this church where Mary was prayed to. So it was very interesting um, growing up and knowing the high priestly prayer, like mm -hmm. our father in heaven, but not knowing what it actually meant or thinking that that is something for the Christians and not for me. And um, in ninth grade, I had a Catholic friend who gave me... Um, the Passion of Christ, the DVD. Okay. And I watched that, and I remember crying over it. And then she also gave me a small pocket Bible. And I remember we had a conversation about the book of Revelation mm -hmm. and talking about how scary it was. And I'm like, that, is, that sounds really terrible. So I did not read my Bible. Like, I did not read the Bible that she gave me. But I still have it back home. Mm -hmm. And my sister is hiding it from my parents because my parents... They well, don't know. Yeah, they don't know. I mean, they know I'm a Christian, but they don't know that I had a Bible back yeah. then. Um, then I remember there was a time uh, on a bus ride, there was this lady who was sitting by my side... 
she told me a story of how God redeemed her and how God healed her and that Jesus was a healer. And while we were traveling, like I saw a Hindu temple, Shiva, like who I worship, and I pointed to that temple and told her that this is the God I worship. Mm-hmm. You know, those those points um, in life, I remember, I look back and I remember, but not until now, like it did not make sense to me. Yeah, um, the, do you ever look back and think those were little keys, God mm-hmm. maybe planting seeds in Absolutely. your life? Absolutely. And then looking back, you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's yeah. why I encountered, had those encounters. Mm-hmm. You said uh, you grew up in Catholic school. Was that confusing to you, being Hindu and going to Catholic school? Or um, I think Hinduism itself um, is such a big part of the culture mm-hmm. that it did not affect me. Um, um, going to Catholic school it did not affect me at all. Okay. Um, I went to Catholic school and I knew in my head that this was something that was not part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was looking and searching, um, Hinduism can be seen as very inclusive mm-hmm. um, because of how many gods they have included and everything is a god and there is a god for knowledge and wealth and anything. And searching and seeking, Jesus could also be part of one god, like one of the Hindu gods. But that is not true when you look at the Bible. Okay. So tell us about when you came here to the States. Like, how did that transition happen? Or or did you become a Christian before coming here or after? Or how did that? So before I came here, um, I actually lived in India for about a year. Okay. um, Because I was pursuing accounting. Um, And then I got so frustrated with it because it was not for me. Uh So I came to the United States um, on... August 31st, it was within four months of deciding that I wanted to leave and left Mumbai and I um, came over here. But before that, my visa process, I got rejected the first time. Then I got accepted the second time, even though my classes over here had already started. So when I look at that, like how I got my visa, even after the college had already started, I see like how God placed people in specific places at specific times so that we would be able to seek him. Um, So... Over when I came over here, I randomly registered for one of my classes because there were only a few classes I could take. So in one, that class, um, the professor, his name is J, his name is Dr. J T Elliott, and he um, is a special education teacher. He saw that I was lonely and I was depressed and I needed a friend, mm-hmm. and um, he inv- invited me to a Thanksgiving dinner. And I went to that Thanksgiving dinner. I met with his wife. We became friends, and after about nine months um, of being friends um, and learning that she believed in God, that she had a solid faith. Is this why you was here in Richmond? Yes, okay. over yeah. in Richmond, yeah. yes. Um, so, um, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, no, you're your good. Your professor's I'm, I'm, wife. Yeah, um, um, yes, my professor's wife. So, um, yeah, she knew where I stood. So even though I was a Hindu, after I came here, I was looking, um, I was searching, I would say. Uh-huh. And I was not satisfied with the Hindu God that I was writing letters to on a daily basis. So you, you know? still, I say, Hindu worshiper mm-hmm. of your God here. Mm-hmm. When you came here, you were still I was, faithful as a Hindu? Mm, I was faithful as a Hindu, and then I was faithful culturally. Mm-hmm. You know, you are bound in a culture if, you're, um, if you grew up like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true for Islam as well and for Hindus mm-hmm. like it, you have to follow things culturally so um, I was still doing the pujas and the worship and stuff um, and but I was an agnostic at heart okay. like maybe there's a God um, or maybe there's not and even if there's a God I did not care 
Mm -hmm. I was just done with life. I was so frustrated. Um, why is there so much suffering? Like, why would you let bad things happen to good people? Mm -hmm. Um, and one day I remember asking Lindsay, um, where she found hope. And she just told me that she found hope in Jesus. And I was just slightly jealous mm -hmm. that she had that. And, um, yeah, during that nine month period of our friendship, um, God laid a question in my heart about the Holy Spirit. And I have no idea what the Holy Spirit was. So, I mean, who is the right question? But I definitely asked Lindsay, what is the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. And she was doing a Bible study on the topic of the Holy Spirit right at the same time. Okay. And they were three weeks in. And like she invited me and I was like, okay, I'm going to join. And in that Bible study, and the leader of the Bible study actually um, read something from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what she read. But the first time I heard the words from the Bible, I knew like there's something yeah. truth to this God they were talking about. And if I cried out to this God, he would hear me. Mm -hmm. And I remember my knees were weak and I felt like I needed to cry. And there were other people in the room, so I would not have cried. And um, I, so Lindsay was taking me home that day. So I got into her car and she asked me what I thought about it. And I remember looking at the blue sky and with a little bit of clouds in it and just like, what if there is God? Mm -hmm. That would change everything about my life. Um, you get so used to your, your life, your culture, everything you know. Mm -hmm. and then, well, what if this is real? That's going to change everything about you. Absolutely. And that would mean that God who created everything, I could get to know him. And... Um, I went home and I wrote all the questions I had about Christianity, about Hinduism, mm -hmm. any other religion. And um, Lindsay and I, we met on a daily basis. Like we met, um, not daily, like weekly. Mm -hmm. We met every Saturday at Lake Riva. And we, yeah, we just went through those questions and she tried to answer those as much as possible. And one day I had come to a point where I was like, I had all the evidence that whatever Jesus said was true and what, who Jesus is as a person was real mm -hmm. and that he died and he rose back again. And it is provable mm -hmm. that he did. Um, and I remember uh, just sitting on my bed and thinking, if I um, believe that there's anything uh, as a true thing, if anything is true, um, I would dare to believe that Jesus is the truth. And um, I prayed to the Lord saying that this um, life of mine is yours. I surrender my life to you. And how long ago was that? It was um, July 26th. It was at night, 101 a.m. Like uh -huh. And I remember just, it was so dark at night. And I remember opening my eyes and just the world was so much brighter. Wow. And when you was at that moment, was you was a thought ever coming into your mind like, should you do this or not? What would your family think? Would you, was those thoughts in your mind as well? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, the reason I questioned everything was because I had a cost to pay. Mm -hmm. uh, if I did not have anything that I had to lose, I would not have questioned anything. Um, I would not have even searched um if I had been too scared. Um, but I think God kept, kept um, drawing me mm -hmm. because he 
that Holy Spirit you want yes, to learn absolutely. about was working in you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting that you had met someone who was able to answer questions and mm-hmm. help you. It's a challenge to me. It should be to any Christian. Mm-hmm that if someone's seeking the truth, mm-hmm. we should be able to help them and answer questions and meet with them and, and reach out just as your friend did for you mm-hmm. uh, when you were in a moment, in a crisis moment, when you wanted to learn more about Jesus. And yes. and, and although it took time, mm-hmm. but God still produced fruit in you mm-hmm. and, and you became a Christian. Uh, if you don't mind asking, what was your family's reaction to you becoming a Christian? So I became a Christian on July 26th. I got baptized on August 25th. And I had not even told my family. Um, so I know the meaning of baptism is that you proclaim the truth, mm-hmm. um, that you are following Jesus, and that there is no turning back. But then I did not even tell the most important people in my life mm-hmm. that I was following Jesus. So there's a representation of you telling the world yes. you're with Jesus now. Yes. Absolutely. And um, But after um, getting baptized, I got convicted. Mm-hmm. Um was ashamed of Christ that um, I was follower of following him right now. Um, so I told my family uh, sometime in October, and um, it was one of the hardest conversations I've ever had in my life. Um, they were about to go to bed, and it was midday over here, and I called them, and um, I told them that, Mom, Dad, um, I'm a Christian now. I did not even sugar-coated. I, mm-hmm. I just straight up told them. And they were like, um, what are you trying to say? Like, um, it's time. It's late for us. We're about to go to bed. They did not even like, they were like, okay. They just said, okay. And um, I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Um, then they hung up and around six in the evening, they called me. I was at Lindsay's place. Okay. And um, and I was like, Lindsay, it, the conversation went well, I guess. And um, But it did not. My dad, I'd never seen my parents cry. Hmm. And my mom and dad both, they did not sleep that night. They were crying. And they were not just crying. They were wailing. And I was sitting on Lindsay's couch listening to my parents cry. And they were begging me not to do it. Hmm begging me my dad even told me i will sell everything for you um everything we'll sell everything for you we'll do anything for you please don't do this to us the shame and dishonor um that they are facing and they will have to face because i'm a christian is huge so i understood it but god had built me up in such a way to see his glory that Everything else is futile. Like even my family that I've known for so many years. Nothing compared to God who made everything. Um, even them, God who created them could change them mm-hmm. if he um, willed it to. So um, I told my parents that I could not do that. And um, there were a couple of conversations we had after that. And my uh, Parents thought that I was brainwashed first, and then they thought I was naive, and um, 
that their daughter could never do such a thing to them um, because I was such an obedient child growing up. I was, I'm the oldest. How many siblings do you have? Um, I have a younger sister and a younger brother. Okay. Um, my sister is like four years younger than I am. My brother is like 10 years younger than I am. So he's practically my mm-hmm. kid. Um, but I was setting up a bad example for them. So my parents were concerned about that too. Um, but after that, my family, we lost contact, even though I tried to be in touch with them. Um, it was our, I was living with my uncle and aunt. Um, they are from Nepal, my mom's um, side of family. And my aunt is a devout Hindu and worshiping um, her Hindu gods keeps on going every day. So spiritually, it was harder as well. Um, but God kept me faithful. And your fa- your aunt's from this this area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Nepal, if someone turns from Hinduism and then your family, you just described mm-hmm. what it was like. It, culturally, is that hard on them to know that someone has a daughter who's now a Christian? Oh yeah. In, within their family and their their yes. culture. Yes. So my father um, recently, maybe two months ago, went to a wedding. And in that wedding, one of my um, relatives, she actually pointed out my father in a group setting and told him that he did not raise up his child well, uh, that his parenting was um, not up to the mark. Um, And I'm putting it lightly, but um, it was very hard for him to take that because he's worked like 20 years of his life to do whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, And he sent me here all his hard work and um it all seemed like it had gone in vain to him at, at that point um when you became a christian you told your family did you be in, ever have doubts or did you feel that it was worth it i did have doubts um i would be lying if i did not say I, mm-hmm. if i said i did not have any doubts um i remember i'd never cried so much in my life collectively of my like 22 years of my life um that I cried in 2019 mm-hmm. after I became Christian. Um, and I think that those moments brought me closer to God. And, but it was so hard. I doubted almost every day um, that my parents were not talking to me, that if it was even worth it, if Jesus was even real, like so those questions about, um, I had to remind myself of the gospel every single day mm-hmm. that God is good even though my circumstances did not look like it. Um, God surrounded me with people, and he gave me his word, and people who ministered to me during those times, who prayed for me, who fought with me, interceded for me whenever I could not pray or I could not read my Bible, they reminded me of the truth. Um, And I know it is worth it. Um, Because what could... You're, everything about your life is worth giving up for um, to get to know the God who made you. All else is basically vain. It is. It's worthless mm-hmm. without God in Absolutely. Your life. As Paul calls it, I count everything as um, lost. Lost, yes, for the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So you said fam- friends and fam- friends came around you and prayed with you, cared for you. So you've seen God sustain you Absolutely. since you became a Christian. You've mm-hmm. seen God coming alongside you. And the mm-hmm. awesome thing is that the Bible does say, cast your cares on the Lord and he mm-hmm. will sustain you. There's promises there because 
in the Christian life that you learn right off the bat is not easy. It's not a simple task where, especially in here in America where there's churches on every corner, everyone says they're a Christian whether they are or not. I mean, it's very popular. It's easy for someone to pop up and say, they walk the aisle of church, I'm a Christian now, and go on their life, and they don't see that there's actual consequences people are facing. Mm-hmm. Even in their community, you, you was here at Richmond, this is the only one, you weren't into Paul, uh, that, to following Christ, that it actually cost something. And even though right now, even here in America, people might not face that, uh, they're going to face difficulties in their life. They're going to face sufferings, they're going to face crisis, they're going to face problems, just as Look at the New Testament, all the disciples went through. And I think hearing your testimony is a a reminder to me uh, that it is worth it being a Christian, but it does come with a cost. Mm -hmm. And we ought not be uh, ignorant of that fact and and to remember that following Jesus does matter. Uh, It's not just doing something because, you know, our families are Christians or here in in the South where we're at, you know, everyone's a Christian, their family's a Christian, everyone, but it actually makes a difference in a person's life. Mm-hmm. And when God entered your life, it made a change Absolutely. in you, and, mm-hmm. and you are a testimony of that. Uh, would you agree that, um, oh, let me rephrase that, if, for anyone listening here today, why Jesus? Um, first of all, I like to tell, like, people have it so easy over here. Mm -hmm. It is so much easier for me to follow Christ over here. Um, but there are brothers and sisters we have all around the world who are willing and delighted that they can sacrifice for the sake of Christ. Mm -hmm. And they are still following him, um, in spite and because of the suffering as well. Um, why Jesus? Um, there is no one like Jesus. Um, when we look at every other religion, um, there's not a God that you could even, you try to work yourself up to a God. Yeah. You try to work yourself up through karma. You um, do your five prayers. You try to attain enlightenment, um, but you'll never get there. But in Christianity, you see that God took on flesh and he came down for you. He sacrificed himself for you. You look at any other religion, there's nothing like Jesus. There's no one like Jesus. And the assurance that you have in Christ, you cannot find in anyone else. And I think even though we look at things logically, yes, there is a place for that. But it has to be God who ultimately changes your heart to see and believe the beauty that is in the gospel. Um, but why Jesus? Because there is no one like him. And like you just mentioned, maybe like of all other religions, faiths, you, it's about what I got to work to do to get to God. I got mm-hmm. to work, I have to worship, I have to do all these things. But in Christianity, mm-hmm. it's about what Jesus did for me that makes all the difference. So it's not me working, me trying, me hoping to do something to accomplish, to get to God. It's God coming to me, wanting a relationship with me, loving me, caring for me, is what kind of makes the difference. Uh, do you have any final encouragement or any part of your testimony you'd like to share uh, with us? Uh, 
even though I've only been a Christian for two years, I'll be a Christian for two years, like maybe coming July. Okay. Um, and I've seen God's faithfulness in two years. It has felt like a very long time. I don't even remember my life before Christ because I don't want to think about my life before Christ. Um, there's so much joy and peace in the Lord, even though you go through trials and you know that God is with you in that. And um, one thing I tell, like to tell people is like that God is faithful, that he provides for you and he actually cares for you because he already provided your greatest need on the cross. Uh, you have no other need that's greater than that and you have a relationship with him. And if he has provided that for you, then he's gonna provide everything else that you need to follow him. So there, we should not be hesitating to even follow him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, was thinking of a scripture in uh, Psalm 27 that says, even if my father and mother forsakes me, the Lord will sustain me. Yes. And, uh, and I've read that so many yeah, times. I, say, I, I would think that would be a scripture yes. that would resonate Absolutely. with you. And I, we appreciate you coming on today and sharing your testimony. And even though you've only been a Christian close to two years, you can see that the Lord has really brought the, the, the light of the Holy Spirit is shining out from you. And it's just wonderful to talk to you, to hear how the God has changed you in your life, how God has intervened. And uh, we'll continue to pray for you and for your family as well, because I'm sure your heart's desire is to see them experience Absolutely. this Jesus that you have experienced, that I've experienced, this new life. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, you don't even want to remember what it's like before uh, you were a Christian. And I think that's part of that is because God gives us a new life. And this new life that we're now living, the new birth we've experienced, it's way better. It's, it can't even measure up with the old way, uh, the former way. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. And sharing your testimony. It's been a blessing. I'm sure those who listen will definitely be blessed by it and will be challenged in their own faith to become stronger and to realize that it does come with a cost to be a Christian. And it doesn't matter that you are a Christian. You could have went on your life and, you know, been a Hindu, been an agnostic Hindu, whatever that, <laughs> <laughs> practicing but not believing. And, but you wouldn't have found the true meaning of life, the true value of life. And Jesus, you now have life and it has, it's worth living, Absolutely. especially for Jesus. Uh, for those listening today, we do thank you. Uh, for listening. And uh, if you ever want to learn more about our church, our ministries here, you be sure to visit our website at redhousebc.com. If you have any questions for us, you can uh, visit our Facebook page at Rooted27. Uh, Also listen to us on all uh, podcast apps through Google or Apple. And uh, continue to pray for our sister here who joined us today and her family. Thank you for listening.